Hi there, and welcome to the Recovery Weekly Podcast. I am your host, Jason Denham, founder of Grateful Moves Coaching and Fitness. Here in the Recovery Podcast, we explore ways to recover utilizing a blend of interview about others' experiences in recovery and guided meditations. Daily meditations to help us get to know the mind-body connection and to strengthen our resolve, resilience to recover from mental, emotional, and physical traumas, be it from life experiences like substance abuse, inactivity, overactivity, or illness. This podcast is meant to be a place where we explore methods to recover without hard and fast rules. We are open to experimenting with safe practices and what works and what doesn't for the individual. Sit back, enjoy, and let's recover. All right, welcome to Recovery Weekly. I am your host, Jason Denham, adventuring into podcast land and sharing stories of how people work in various ways to promote healthy living with recovery tools. I'm honored to be joined by one of my mentors, Clayton Weekly, owner and founder of Clayton Moves Mobility Training, and uh, where the moves are better to live better. Uh, we He's also starting his own podcast, the Make Moves Podcast, coming up shortly. Clayton, welcome to the podcast. How are you this morning? Dude, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Had my coffee, so pretty set. <laughs> right on. A little cup of joe. So, uh, the, what we do here is uh, take a little, a few moments to sit and uh, and to do a little bit of silence and stillness. Today, I thought we'd do a twenty-one breath meditation that I'll just guide you through. How's it sound? Sounds good. All right, we're gonna start by finding a seated, comfortable position for any of you who might be listening along. You can do this seated on the floor. You can do this sitting in a chair. Whatever is most comfortable and accessible for you, even if laying down's the way to be, we're just going to try to find our foundation where the body meets the earth, get the spine nice and straight and tall, and begin to engage with the breath. This is a mindfulness exercise where we're just putting focus on the breath. And I mentioned that it's 21 breaths, but there's no no real challenge for you to, to make it all the way to 21. If the mind begins to wander as the mind often does, we'll just start the count over again. I'll watch the time for you. The idea is that we're going to connect the mind and the body through breath. And I'm going to throw in a couple of chimes from my trusty singing bowl here for a little something for us to focus on in the vibrational way. So let's just go ahead and take an inhale through the nose and exhale might let it out through the mouth nice and slow. And we'll begin to just take normal breaths in and out without a lot of effort just to let it be there. Here we go. Begin your 21 breath meditation.
now that we've had a little time to settle in, let's do a quick scan and find out if there's a little wrinkle in the brow where we've furrowed it up a little bit in concentration and see if we can raise the eyebrows to smooth them out. And perhaps we'll check in with the jawline and whether or not the teeth were clenching a little bit just to notice that that's something that may be happening in the body without making it right or wrong, just a thing that's happening and something for us to notice when we take a few moments to observe the breath and to be still. Take an inhale through the nose and let the belly expand so that we get a little diaphragmatic breath going here. And an exhale can either be through the nose or through the mouth, whichever is more comfortable for you, long and slow. And maybe we'll try that one more time. Inhale through the nose and find that releasing breath that settles you to your foundation. And you can keep on listening with us or get on to that next thing with a little bit more balance and stillness going with you. Find a little joy to hold on to with this next inhale. Exhale and release that certain something that's heavy weighing you down. Thanks for playing along, Clayton. I was wondering if you might also tell me about something that you did for self-care recently. Maybe it was this past weekend or even something this morning that uh, felt real good to you, felt like it was a win. Yeah, um, I think one of the the more recent things. Oh, and first off, thanks for that. That was that was really nice. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, just not getting on the phone first thing in the morning um, is, is kind of a, it's kind of a big one. Um, I don't always do it. <laughs> so it's not something that I can, you know, swear by that I do all the time. But I notice that when I don't immediately hop on social media or checking emails or, you know, whatever it is on my phone, that day starts off a lot better. So that's a real simple one that really anyone could experiment with. And again, it's not like a, you know, I, I think people think of it like I'm either doing all the right things or I'm doing none of it. And, you know, if you just play around with it and see if it actually helps you at all is, is something to, you know, to try out. Right on. That is a really powerful one for sure. And, uh, and one I did not achieve this morning. Me however, <laughs> <laughs> however, what uh what I did wake up and and look right at was uh some some photos from a little adventure I did this weekend that filled me like really full with gratitude. Dude, heck yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about too. Right? So. <laughs> yeah. So like uh I suppose that there there can be ways in which that we can engage sometimes with our technology that isn't gonna be that thing that's that's taking from us, but might be able to give us something. And in this case the Definitely wasn't jumping right to social media, but to uh, to a way that I can engage with it and hopefully add to it. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So yeah. tell me, tell me about that weekend because I'm oh. I just want to hear about it if, if you want to share. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so the I'll I'll start kind of like uh, back a little bit and and say that the way that I found Clayton was through Instagram and uh, and I was really reluctantly coming on to Instagram a few years back, knowing uh, as a yoga teacher myself that I would need to maybe reach out and try to find some people that wanted to move with me 
and uh, and I saw you, Clayton, as this this little ray of light, and uh, and you were into a lot of the things I'm into, a little little climbing, little movement, and exactly. talking about uh, positive things. And I was like, yes, I want that in my feed, and uh, and it was kind of this this character, this page in the background for a long time until uh, until I guess it was this spring. Um, and, uh, and I, I started to lean into the mentorship that you've got, uh, which led me to a, a cohort of amazing humans and teachers that are all trying to work on, uh, dialing up their, their media game and, and how it is that we reach the people that we want to help the most. Um, and we got together a, a bunch of us in New Hampshire on a beautiful property that has some some ponds nearby some rivers nearby woods of all kinds a beautiful fire pit and amazing humans and we went out there fully with the intention of like doing a big hike and going for <laughs> rock climbs always a full send <laughs> and uh, and uh, and i think our 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 hike was going to have to start at 5 a.m. and you could hear the the silence that was greater than the silence <laughs> that was already around our fire of all of us being like, I don't know if I want to get up that early. Dude, we traveled a lot. I'm kind of tired. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it was kind of funny. We 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 were able to kind of share energy and uh, and discovered that uh, I think we wanted to take it easy and it was kind of wordless. And I was listening to some of the people around the room talking about different processes that they did. And, and Cindy Bennett uh, was was talking about building a bow and arrow and how long that takes and the arduous tasks that are in it. And I noticed that she's a, a, somebody who really loves lots of processes. And I was like, do you, Cindy, know how to bow drill yet and make friction uh, to make fire? And she was like, no, but I would like that. And, uh, and I started talking about it and all of a sudden I had six people who were, who were interested and I had a couple of people that needed a little bit more nudging. And, uh, and the next thing I knew we had, uh, we were, we were hunting for all of the materials to make bow drills for, uh, making friction, uh, fires. And that is a t something that takes quite a lot of time. And, uh, and it was, really amazing that I put on my old wilderness guide hat and and started started doing my teacher voice and, and everything but it was like the easiest thing in the world it's one of those moments where you're like man this really is what I meant to do because right. this doesn't feel like work but right. like I'm working dude when you can yeah. tap into that like finding that like you're checking the boxes of like this doesn't feel like work but it it, it is like the thing you're doing like that's that's a sweet spot yeah it uh, it ended up being really great. And a couple of people checked in and were like, I'm actually really happy we did this. This energy is good. And uh, and it it almost didn't matter. We 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 didn't go climbing. We didn't go for uh, a great big hike, but we did hike down to the riverside and look for rocks that were going to be good for our top rocks. And uh, and we're able to spend long periods of time being quiet and uh, and just working on that process. And, uh, it was, uh, magic. I gotta say, 
And uh, I'm really grateful for that. That's what I woke up to uh, thinking about and, and was like, ooh, I got a couple of videos I forgot I took. There they are. Yeah. Look at all these people working. They're so amazing. And that that's such a cool thing because, you know, yeah, you're reflecting on an experience you had um, and kind of reliving it in a way um, and kind of tapping into that. And, you know, I, I had a good excuse for not being there. I just want to plug that. Um, we're, <laughs> we're in the process of renovating a house uh, that we bought that was built in 1900. And we discovered these uh, secret windows. Um, I think there was a movie called Secret Window. I think it was kind of shitty too. But anyways, um, <laughs> we found these secret windows, like a gem in the wall, um, where we just thought this was like a little alcove that was maybe an addition. But then as we started taking the wall down, um, there were these really old windows and kind of funky too. Like there, it's a uh, wow. single pane, the top one, they like open into each other. So then the two windows would be kind of flush perpendicular out of the wall, right. just kind of funky. Um, and then the other ones, I believe, slide up or to the side or something. And then we found matching ones on the other side of the wall. So we're like, wow, that's kind of crazy. So that was my excuse of not being on that adventure um, with you guys this weekend or else I would have loved to have been there. But couldn't justify pulling away from, you know, a full day of work. <laughs> we we were each finding our own hidden gems. Yep. Amazing. <laughs> also wanted to um, kind of reflect on, so yeah, we, we started the mentorship this round in June, but you actually DM'd me like maybe a year ago and it was like, hey man, like I think I might be interested in the mentorship. I'm not sure. And like, I, I believe we talked a little bit um, or I don't know how that kind of unfolded, but it, it just things didn't line up, whether it wasn't the right time mm. or or whatever, you know, whatever ended up transpiring. But the the fact is that we had that conversation, you know, some some time ago, but you know, it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't lined up. But then when things are ready, when you were ready, when the offering was different, mm. when like you know, whatever combination of things that we might not even be able to like exactly trace it to. Um, but the, the fact is you're, you know, I was sharing my story and sharing what I was passionate about. You mentioned like that we had similar hobbies, similar interests, similar ways in which we talk about things that kind of had us connect. So that, that's why I try and encourage, you know, everyone I work with, you know, in this like coaching capacity and like what I teach you and like everyone else in the mentorship this round is that, you know, you're really planting seeds that, you may not harvest ever, or you may not harvest until like two years from now. And you just don't know. But if you just keep banging on that drum, keep plugging, keep doing the thing that you're passionate about, as opposed to trying to be the most popular or the most, you know, the biggest following or trying to be like everyone else, um, you're just going to run in circles of, you know, not being fulfilled. But if you're just doing your thing, kind of embracing your, your weird a little bit, you know, throwing yourself mm -hmm. in there, some of your jokes, uh, what you're passionate about you're going to get the right people. And you might be super surprised with like the people that reach out to you. Like, I've had people reach out to me about the, like you know, the, the mentorship program when I just thought they were interested in mobility training. Like that actually happened with my friend, Tyler, you know, he reached out to me about the mentorship and I was like, are you sure? Wait, didn't you do like industrial engineering or something? <laughs> like, you, know, so you, you don't really know in what ways people are watching what you're doing and, and how you might be impacting them, even if they've never liked or commented or, message you ever you know they, mm -hmm. they might be mm -hmm. kind of following along kind of creeping so um that that's one thing that kind of opened my eyes with doing this process long enough you realize that not every post has to have someone sign up for your class or sign up for your course or sign up for your retreat or whatever it is you're just kind of 
allowing them to kind of get roped into your story over time. So that, right, that, right. that was kind of a big thing I realized, especially with, you know, you and I connecting. Yeah. It's just about reaching out there and, uh, and looking for ways that we're connecting the unseen mm-hmm. as it were, uh, the, uh, the ways that we affect people like, we, and we're also talking about this from the aspect of, of, uh, this, this recovery community, there are ways in which that sometimes when we feel like we aren't reaching anyone, we might be affecting people in this really big way in some other way that, that we can't see. And sometimes the, one can take solace in that and breathe a little easier and just trust in that, that good stuff that's at your very center and be that authentic you. Yeah. Yeah. Well and said. Then that's the stuff I saw definitely in you. And I imagine I'm, I'm remembering this now, uh, having re- reached out, I was also reaching out to a bunch of, uh, of different programmatics. I think I was becoming, I was starting route setting. I was teaching a bunch of classes. I think I, <laughs> All the things. I started, I started a, a mentorship with yoga detour too. shout oh, out to Cecily, nice. yoga detour. Love What's Cecily. <laughs> and, uh, and, and definitely took on too many things. And I think I did the same thing this year. It was a great time. There are a lot of teachers out there. If they're listening, shaking their heads. I remember you. <laughs> yeah, but you're here now. So that's that's a compilation of I, all that. I took what I could. It's good stuff. So um, so you, you alluded to uh, a little bit of um, what it is that you're teaching. Would you like to tell me a little bit about your journey on how it is that you came to to do the the kind of business that you do and how that may have shifted a little bit over time. Yeah. And you know, it's something that I've uh, kind of given myself the permission to be able to pivot and shift. Um, And that's kind of like the, one of the the better gifts I've done for myself. Um, It's funny, you know, you have people growing up um, and we expect kids to know what they want to do when they're 18, you know, and it's just like Mm. shocking, you know, because like, (laughs) right. When you're 18, you don't know shit. Like, like no, you know no, nothing. No. Like, I mean, you know surface level stuff, but you don't know like the intricacies of anything. You don't know how to do taxes or anything, you know. So, like, how can you understand what you want to do with, you know, the rest of your life? And so, I think that you know, giving yourself the ability to to change lanes or switch gears or even just like not commit fully to the thing that you want to go super deep on just yet. Or if you want to go deep on a topic or a modality or practice or a line of work, go deep, but then allow yourself to kind of, you know, hop a lane. And so one of the books Mm. I read recently was called Range. It's pretty good. I I can't remember. I forget the guy's name. But anyway, so it's like a bright mint green book, but it's called Range. And he's talking about um, the follow statistical studies of like, you know, prodigy athletes and then athletes who kind of, Um, you know, just pick up the craft at, you know, 17 or something, you know, and then the the kids who are kind of groomed as uh, athletes, you know, when Mm -hmm, they're, mm -hmm. you know, four (laughs) and and just kind of comparing those people. And then also people in like different lines of work and and how they um, work and solve solutions. So they also look into like, um, like big companies who like Nintendo um, and like how they were successful and how, um, the guy running Nintendo was kind of a jack of all trades and didn't really, you know, specialize in like what a lot of the other companies were specializing in. Um, and ju- they just had narrow, narrow tunnel vision. And so you couldn't really 
have this like lateral connection of ideas if you have, you know, the same types of thinkers um, mm-hmm. work on the same mm-hmm. thing. So anyways, long story short, it was a big tangent, but, um, you know, uh, a lot of people find fulfillment and, you know, I'm doing air quotes here, success, because success is super relative to each individual. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, um, they found that, you know, if you have this dynamic range, then you can be, you know, happy with the process and happier overall. Um, so for me, I've been in the health and wellness space for most of my life. Um, and I started off um, at school, I did exercise physiology. So um, I studied basically like biomechanics and also physiology. So human physiology and, you know, like how kidneys function and, and all that stuff. But it was all kind of through the lens of uh, chronic disease and obesity. Um, and then I, I initially wanted to go to PT school. So physical therapy. Um, and I got waitlisted there um, at like the main schools I applied to because my uh, chem two grades were kind of hot garbage. Um, and so <laughs> I actually took chemistry two twice. I don't know what about chem two was was rough for me, but I just wasn't connecting the dots. Um, and so the, the interesting thing about PT school is that they look at, well, when I applied, I mean, this was kind of eons ago, um, so it could have changed. But um, they looked at your overall GPA and then your what they called prerequisite GPA. So they lumped in like the bios chems, organic chemistry, like, you know, all these classes. And then they put a lot of weight into that cumulative GPA of those uh, classes. And then, you know, for the admission process, they looked at that pretty heavily. So mine weren't that great, but I was working as a rehab aide um, in a hospital um, for about two and a half, three years. And so I had like a stupid amount of like experience and hours, you know, directly um, working with inpatient PTs, OTs, working in oncology, working in like ortho, working. Um, I did an internship at like a, um, I guess a recovery unit for like traumatic brain injuries and kids with autism and just seeing like a whole gamut of like really cool yeah. stuff in the rehab space. So that was kind of like my, that was my direction. I really wanted to go that way. Um, but yeah. It just wasn't in the cards in terms of like the traditional route. Um, so I could have, you know, retaken those classes again and tried to get in. But I was just like, you know what, like, I don't know, maybe explore some other options. And so that's when I um, kind of got, uh, they said, well, why don't you look into the master's program? So I did that. So I got my master's in next phase, um, kind of focused a little bit deeper into that, really fell in love with behavior change in general. Um, mm. So kind of like the process of, you know, knowing you want to do something, but then figuring out how to like help people through that process um and uh through that process um actually got introduced to like health coaching so um i've worked for an insurance company uh doing health coaching we help people with weight loss managing stress quitting smoking which is very interesting work and kind of along the lines of like you know i've worked with people who have quit smoking um and in a lot of ways you know they many people have told me this that it's harder to quit smoking than it is like quit heroin or to quit drinking or like Indeed. other things. And so I've learned a lot, like kind of tangentially through that. Like I wouldn't say like in a professional capacity, but just like anecdotally from different people I've talked with over the last seven mm-hmm. years <laughs> over the phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it's been pretty interesting. And that was the one main thing. Like I, I really fell in love with the process of health coaching and I really loved the idea of having further reach in terms of like, helping humans further, you know, like uh, we, we would talk about managing stress. So I got to talk about mindfulness, got to talk about meditation, diaphragmatic breath work, like all this cool stuff that 
you just can't talk about like in a 15 minute, you know, PT interaction where right. the insurance company wrote a, uh, you know, physical therapy for knee replacement. You can't talk to them about stress. You have to talk about like, do these three exercises. <laughs> so that's so crazy. Cause that's where you can actually start to inspire that behavior change, which is incredibly difficult for many of us. Right. Right. Yeah. And so like, I mean, I, there's a lot of different capacities and like the, uh, the industry is ever evolving. Um, but from the lens that I saw it, like inpatient, you know, rehab and even outpatient rehab, like you're, you're in a, um, and I've been in physical therapy many times for many injuries. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. kind of why I kind of got interested initially. But I mean, it, it is like, you know, for a lot of PTs that get burnt out because you're in this like, uh, you know, office and you've got to see 25 patients, uh, in a day and document everything. And like, e- the the bandwidth you have you can't go deep with anyone you can't like have the important conversations like help reframing mindset when it comes to pain um you know building a good rapport with them like it, it and it sucks because then it like gives people this lens like oh i tried pt didn't work and it's like really like it, did, it didn't work like you know <laughs> but like they could have had a bad experience like with anything like you know you, you have a bad experience with a therapist with a car mechanic with like you know it can kind of sully your you know, view on anything. So, you know, and, and I know there's a ton of really incredible physical therapists out there and, and that's, what's cool seeing the work on like Instagram and social media is that you're giving these physical therapists, health professionals, Pilates teachers, like whoever it be a voice where you can really help explain like deeper what this whole process looks like and, and to really help people connect the dots further, as opposed to just like, relying on seeing someone three days a week or one day a week and, and thinking that will fix you. You I'm doing air quotes, fix you. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that was a lot of, uh, kind of how that unfolded. And then, um, that's how I stumbled into mobility training, um, itself kind of. So I, I had, um, I've probably told the story a bunch of times, but I'll tell it real quick. Um, so I hurt my back, uh, pretty badly when I was younger, like 18, I was deadlifting for swimming you think like deadlifting for swimming, but I, I, <laughs> I was a sprinter. So I, I did like two laps of the pool and like, that was it essentially. So swim as fast as you can breathe as little as possible and then finish the race. <laughs> so, um, that was what I did. So I trained more like a, like a football player and an explosive athlete as opposed to like, you know, mm. what, what a lot of people think of as swimmers. So, um, that, that's how I hurt my back initially. And I herniated a L5 S1 disc pretty bad. Um, and was laid up for quite a while. Um, but then, you know, being 18, going to physical therapy, seeing a chiropractor, doing all the things, kind of bounce back. And, and you still have that kind of I'm young and invincible kind of mindset. So right, right. I was fine. Um, but then, you know, fast forward to going through undergrad, grad school, and then getting a job, working at a desk job. That's when kind of shit hit the fan um, in terms of how I started feeling. Um, and, you know, still being like early twenties, I, I started getting like really bad symptoms of my back again and like worse symptoms than I had even when I had it injured, like way back when I was 18. And so kind of scared me. And I, I, I did all the things, you know, I saw all like four different chiropractors, all different types of massage, like dry needling, acupuncture, MAT, ART, like all the acronyms I tried, you know, but, but the thing was, it was all of these passive modalities it was someone else doing something to me so i was kind mm-hmm. of essentially handing it over to them i'm like please fix me like you know and not taking any responsibility like hindsight looking back you know 
But at the time, I really thought like, oh, I am taking responsibility. I'm trying to be proactive because I'm, you know, seeking out all this help from experts, right? Um, but yeah, that's a really interesting way to put it. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that before. That's really important. Yeah. yeah. So like that, ownership, right? Right. And so that was the thing. I was I was always just saying like, well, this person will fix me. Well, this person will fix me. But okay. in reality, like I needed to dive a little bit deeper into like figuring out like what I could do um, in the meantime, you know, in between sessions and and all that stuff. So kind of dove down the rabbit hole, hopped on YouTube, did all the things, and you know got more questions and answers a lot of times. Um, but really uh, when I started feeling better was when I actually started moving more and like not being so afraid of movement, you know, because that was the one thing, like I love being active, like tossing Frisbee, running around, like playing soccer or swimming, like doing all these things. And now I was painted into the small, small box of like just fear of pain and fear of not being able to do what I want to do. So I really, um, kind of treated myself like glass, you know, like it was very fragile. And uh, that was, you know, very debilitating in a lot of ways. Um, and that's when I kind of got into yoga um, and yoga tune up that really helped collect, connect a lot of dots for me. Um, but then once I started getting into mobility training, like functional range conditioning and kin stretch, that really started to have a couple of light bulbs, you know, flick on for me in my body. Um, and it, even conceptually with like understanding movement a little bit more. Um, and, and really just doing all these different things, um, I started feeling better. And so then I started doing things, um, <laughs> and that's, mm-hmm, that's how I got mm-hmm. into rock climbing. Um, it was, I, I started feeling better and I was like, well, shit, like rock climbing looks like loads of fun, <laughs> you know, like you're just yes. climbing a wall, right? It's just, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, we could probably do another podcast just kind of gushing about rock climbing. <laughs> I'm sure that we could. <laughs> um, so, so then I started rock climbing and then just kind of forgot about this injury that happened, like when I was 18. And now like in my late 20s, early 30s, it was just like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm not this injury that happened to me over 10 years ago, you know, and like, that's an important thing. Like people cling on to uh, diagnosis is like it defines them. Um, you know, so it's, it, yeah. it's kind of crazy in that way. So really focusing on like things I could do and like rock climbing and just kind of feeling kind of invincible again, you know, you're, it, it, it kind of beats out the anti, like the fragility mindset, you know, climbing, it really does. Like you're, you're hanging onto these tiny edges and you're working as hard as you can. You're trying to coordinate your breath with movement and, staying present and not thinking about what people are thinking of you on the wall or like, Oh, this Mm -hmm. person sent that I didn't like, it it really forces you to the present moment and to like, just working really, really hard, but trying to compose yourself so you don't pop off the wall. Um, and so that was just like kind of a, a light bulb moment too, that like mobility training provided me the tools to just like get out of my head and like, just start to move and have my body trust myself a little bit more and then rock climbing was the joy, like the fun. And so then I just started to use my body more. And then I I don't really think of pain um, or my injury the same, you know, after all that. Right. That's really amazing stuff there because we've got the this this wide array of, of different people working to recover from different things. I think it's really important to restate, like we are not our diagnoses and we are not stuck in the way that, uh, that sometimes those diagnoses can pigeonhole us. So everybody is a little different. And when we, we start to engage and move it, 
and take ownership and responsibility over those moves, like things can really change. And I love that you said that, uh, that, that doing some of that movement was that ownership and the rock climbing ended up being the joy. And we've got to find ways that we're going to move that are going to bring us that joy. Cause that of course is going to trigger that nice little dopamine response. For the sure. brain's going to want to go back. <laughs> Chasing that. Yeah. yeah. But like, that's the thing too. Like I, I realized, um, and I was talking with uh, people, uh, I remember I was talking on the phone with this woman, um, you know, in, in the health coaching capacity. Um, and again, this is something I do from like my personal business, but um, I was like, so, so what's motivating you to want to, to lose weight? Well, I want to avoid my family history of diabetes. And I'm like, uh, like that's not motivating. <laughs> like, like no one's like going to wake up today and avoid a family history of diabetes. Like that's not like, <laughs> you know, that's, there's no stoke level to that. There's no excitement. There's no, like, this is something I should do as opposed mm. to something like I want to actually do. So I was like, that's not a real motivator. I, I mean, I didn't say that we, we of course had a further conversation on that, but but that's the thing, like, you have to be able to look forward to something. So, you know, when I ask, like, well, what do you want to be able to do? Like, so when I work with someone in a mobility training capacity, or like, they are questioning joining one of my online programs or something, I'm like, well, what do you want to be able to do? Like, well, what's your why? And if you don't, if you can't answer that, well, you know, it's something I think I should do. I'm getting older. I'm like, that's not a reason, you know, <laughs> like, mm, you know, right. if, if you can't pick your kid off the ground without a back spasm, now that's a reason. If that's you, a good reason. Yeah, right. Like, so you have to, um, and that's why I never twist anyone's arm to like work with me because like, if they don't, if they can't tell me in vivid detail about why they want to do something, whether it's mobility training or getting better at having an online business or mm. better using social media, like if you, if, if that application is like only one sentence long, I'm not going to work with that person, you know? And, and just as you know, like when you fill out the application, yeah, I can send you a copy of your answers if you'd like. But I mean, there are paragraphs, like every question, there's 10 questions, and it was just paragraphs. And I'm like, this person's ready. Like, they're, they, <laughs> they've thought about it, you know what I mean? So it's, you know, that that's the main thing is that you have to have that thing you're looking forward or going towards. You don't have to have a definitive goal if you don't quite know yet. Um, you know, like, you, you don't have to be like, I'm going to, you know, climb Mount Rainier. Like, I mean, that could be a goal you work towards. But sometimes people haven't thought about it that specifically but you know having that thing you want to walk towards is super important and having somebody like yourself this mentor to bounce these ideas off of also helps us to manage to manage uh, to to steer away from that all or nothing mentality where it's like yeah. Rainier and it's like wait a second when's the last time you went on a long walk and uh and maybe Maybe we'll do some bite-sized manageable things. I love that uh, I'm hearing that that behavior change stuff that uh, that you're talking about being so passionate about here. And there's and it's important when we say things like uh, I should be doing something. I think that th there's a phrase that's that's come around with me from the wilderness industry a lot. It's mm -hmm. just like it sounds like you're shooting on yourself. Yeah, stop shooting all over yourself. That you, <laughs> you wouldn't shit all over yourself. Are we saying shut or shit? <laughs> <laughs> that's the idea same thing <laughs> yeah that's awesome i do remember now uh writing those paragraphs too that's another thing we've been working on is brevity yep a little less a <laughs> little more with less so you you have a gift with that though and, and i think that, that that's part of the fun is that you get to kind of walk towards those gifts and you know that's why we were talking about like you know starting the podcast is that it gives you this 
conduit to to work on something that you know you're kind of innately good at and so why fight it you know and just like you know kind of utilize that gift this doesn't feel like a should i'll tell you that much yeah this feels like something i get to do and i do love that um so could you also like since we're we're kind of getting caught up uh, on that story and i don't want to derail you because i'm really good at that feel, but, feel free, uh, feel free. <laughs> i was gonna say um also like how is some of the the how have the changes that you've had to make due to covid times shown up for you and like what have you noticed that's been really good from that yeah from some positive yeah and, and that's the thing too is that you know amongst uh, or amidst every situation that is you know unfortunate um there are opportunities to 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 not benefit from but like to 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 kind of work on in a positive way um and so in a lot of ways over this time i've actually kind of well since now things have been kind of had a wrench thrown in because like, you know, a lot of things are in flux for me with like, you know, renovating the house and, and doing different things. But in general, like over the whole, you know, pandemic, working on dialing in um, habits and, and things that I really wanted to work on and things that I knew would help me, you know, like developing a consistent meditation practice, like developing a consistent mobility practice, developing like a daily walking practice, um, working on like different things that I know were going to help me and help my business and just, you know, help everything. So, um, you know, reading more, um, going on walks, getting outside nature more, um, just all these things that have really helped me. Um, also buying a big ass whiteboard, um, was super helpful for me because I (laughs) was able to kind of collect all of these thoughts um, that wouldn't fit on a piece of paper or a, a note app on my iPhone. Like, you know, it's just, I, I had to connect these bigger ideas and, and kind of connect them together and see like, what was the big picture? What was What was I walking towards? What was I most excited about pursuing? Um, and to try and just cut the bullshit um, in terms of like the things that, you know, I felt like I should do, but I, I just mm-hmm. kept not doing. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. do I really need to do this? You know, you get kind of you know, 90 years on this earth, if you're lucky. So do I really want to do this? <laughs> you know, um, right, right. So, so that was, um, and that's one of the questions that I ask everyone too, is like, what do you want to do more of? And what do you want to do less of? And I think that everyone thinks of like, more, more, like, what do I want to do more? And, and like, in reality, you've got limited time, you're one person. What, what do you want to do less of is a more important question, in my opinion, because when you can cut out the stuff that is just draining of your time or your energy or your focus or your bandwidth or whatever, you're kind of opening up more space for the things that you actually do want to do. Um, so that was kind of the, one of the biggest gifts of being at home more is, you know, I got to really reflect more and reflect on like, well, do I really want to do this? You know? And so I didn't immediately try and fill those spaces with like, you know, working with more clients or trying to promote like more things. It was just like, let me, let me think about like what I want to do and then trying to solve solutions for, you know, the people in my audience. And it, it it was a good thing um, in a lot of ways amidst, you know, all the bad. (laughs) That sounds terrific. Like the, where we started, where I was asking you, what are you doing for self-care? It sounds like this was a a really all encompassing plan of attack for some, some self-care that probably, was escaping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that there I've, I've run into a lot of people, uh, who've been really struggling over this time and, uh, and have been looking for that external distraction mm-hmm. 
to replace the busy that we that we were once in. And, and this really can be a time to turn inward, thus doing things like this recovery podcast, where we do sit for a little bit and maybe breathe for a, for a moment and find out what's going on inside. Sometimes that can be really difficult. And sometimes it can be really, really necessary to to kind of face those those little monsters in there yeah and uh and work through them yeah dude and you know the interesting thing too is that like i i think our culture is addicted to being distracted you know in a lot of ways we're like please take me from my thoughts or from quiet or boredom you know and it's just like that that's kind of you know the the obstacle is the way like you know you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable with that stuff Mm -hmm. and you know Mm -hmm. it's uh that was one of the main things. Uh, it, I always laughed about this incident. I was, um, I never text and drive, but I was at a red light and I was listening to a podcast that I really liked and I was really engaged in. But then I was listening to the podcast and pulled up Instagram and just started scrolling at the red light. And I was like, hold on, like, what am I actually doing? Like, you know, like, you know, and, and just like kind of acknowledging, like calling a spade a spade, you know, like I, I needed to be, distracted or entertained or, you know, have that little dopamine dump, you know, even when I was still enjoying that moment of, you know, listening to that podcast. So that was kind of like a, you know, something that I tuned into a little bit more. So trying to be aware of those tendencies when they pop up and then just to like, you know, tap into breath or just tap into like actually what's around me, like looking around like a cool old house that might be at the other end of that red light or something. So oh, that's one of my favorites. Right. Yeah. Noticing things that you pass all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. You can feel a real sense of calm, even in the midst of chaos when, when we're doing those things and it feels chaotic to break the patterns of distraction, like scrolling through Instagram. And it's like, what I'll pose this question. What if it was okay to be with you? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and some of us really struggle with that, but it can't, it, it does take some time and you could, and with little short, short bursts of spending time alone with yourself and being intentional, especially behind the wheel. If we put the phone down a little bit mm-hmm. and, uh, maybe we don't take it into the bathroom with us. Those kind of <laughs> I saw this thing, uh, where it was like this, uh, this ad for like some tech thing on Instagram. And it was basically like, a shower mount, waterproof shower mount for your phone. And I was like, nope, hard pass, hard pass. Oh. Like, that's like the one the, the one space where it hasn't infiltrated yet. And I just don't, uh, I never want that, you know, because the shower is where you kind of collect a lot of your thoughts. It is. It's a great place to get some, some good, good thought processes going and get your little shower meditation going. Right. All right. And uh, oh, I wanted to ask you uh, also, like, who do you have around you that's been supportive for you that uh, th- that you were able to kind of build uh, around you? Because some folks might be finding themselves feeling kind of lonely out there, and they might not be able to depend on that immediate family sometimes. So, like, what are some examples of ways that you could reach out and build a community? that you found that were surprising dude instagram i mean uh straight up like it has been the one tool and i I call it a tool because it can be used for good or for bad um you know consciously or unconsciously and it's been a tool for me to really build strong relationships and connections and to the point where when i meet people in person they're like oh like 
yeah, you're exactly the person I thought you were going to be. And I was like, sweet. And like, that's good to know. You know, it's a, you're, you're working on, you know, developing that real voice on yeah. social media. Um, and, and when you can kind of cut through that, like that, that's when you can build really solid relationships and connections. Um, so, and again, that's what comes out to like, share your hobbies, you know, like I, I kind of always laugh when sometimes people ask like, you know, what's, what's the point of life? And, you know, I always kind of think back like, hobbies like hobbies is for sure the reason (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you know and and you know in a way it's like that's when you can kind of find yourself in those moments where you're just enjoying you know like if you're playing music or you're you're doing something you really like or just whatever that hobby is you know you, you can get into that state of flow where you're not really thinking about the emails you need to send out or you know what people are thinking you're just kind of enjoying the process and that that's when you're actually present and and enjoying that so i would say share those different hobbies on your social media share the books you're reading sharing the podcast because that's kind of like a kind of like a beacon of like saying like hey like this is stuff i'm into and you're kind of almost sending out the bat signal of like hey this is shit i'm into if you're into this i think we might get along you know you don't have to say that explicitly Mm -hmm. but that's kind Mm -hmm. of what's happening right you're like oh i read that book too awesome like you know and so um that that's what i would encourage people to do and then find find something that you can do that you know has a community kind of built into it um, as opposed to like trying to find you know one person or two people or a group like out of nothing like pursue something that interests you that already has a community built in like you know bike riding or hiking or rock climbing or crossfit like you know, i'm not a big fan of crossfit but like whatever floats your boat <laughs> um you know Indeed. do do the thing that has a community built in and then you'll find like those actual people that you connect with within that community. You don't have to, you know, be best friends with everyone in there, but it kind of gives you a pool to choose from to kind of find your, your group of people. Indeed. And if I could piggyback on that a little bit, the, uh, the Instagram community has such a vast array of different kinds of cultures and people that are doing different things. And what we want to try to do is look for that positivity and that depth, something that really builds you up versus something that might be kind of vapid or shallow. The, the thing that that's just, just, uh, uh, here's how you, how you can change yourself. Instead, rather, would you find something that you're passionate about? Look into that thing. That's where those hobbies come into play. And you can go to a place and be authentically you, which is so liberating. And uh, so many of us are, are trying to be the Instagram filter, if you will, like the, the thing that isn't real. And uh, we've got to remind ourselves that that that's a thing that's happening in the world. These things that aren't real and the, the, the quicker that we can use this as a tool to find our way to those real interactions. And we know them when we, when we hear or see them, um, then we can start to build out from there. And, uh, and places like uh, uh, meetups is, is an app where there's just something for everything. And I'm sure that much of it can be found online and virtual spaces until we're able to be together again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and to go out there and, and to try and find things to do with people in that socially distanced, responsible kind of way, I should say physically distanced, mm-hmm. not necessarily socially. Um, and, uh, and who knows, maybe you'll all be building fire, fire kits and right, bow exactly, drilling. Exactly. <laughs> 
But uh, yes, the really important piece is to to pay attention to when your heart sends you a little warning if maybe a, a community isn't incredibly healthy and uh, and and to find the ones that really are the things that that add to your life because I can think of a few social clubs that like to imbibe that might not be actually building you up <laughs> right. be slow but slow poisoning yep Definitely. <laughs> I was a part of that community for a minute yeah and you know that that's the thing too is um you're uh, and actually I just uh, recorded a solo podcast on this topic of just like your environment shapes you um, and I was talking from the lens of you know, like physical things. So like, uh, your, you know, the clothing you wear is like, how restrictive is your shirt and your pants? Like people don't think about that, but like that, that kind of paints you into a, uh, a movement range where it's like, all right, you know, if your pants don't allow you to go into a deep squat, guess why you're not going to go into a deep squat. And, you know, like just some other things you can talk about, uh, footwear as well. But, um, the, the social circle that you keep really kind of shapes you. Um, and, that happened to me when I was in college and like right after college, um, still hanging out with a group of friends that wanted to, you know, drink Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I'm just like, I just don't want to do that. Like, you know, like I, and it was nothing personal to those people. Like I still really value those people, but it's just like, if that's what you're doing, like, I don't want to be doing that. So that was another reason why, you know, getting into climbing was really cool because, you know, you had these other things where it's like, Hey, on the weekend, like let's actually go to West Virginia and go climb and, and camp. Like, and that was yeah. the thing, right? So it's just like, ah, sorry, yeah. I can't. I'm going outside. If you want to come hiking, come hike. Like it wasn't like just like trying to shun these people, but you know, it's just right. That's not what I want to do. And you can you can kind of send a message by your actions more so than the words. Like I wasn't gonna sit there and lecture, like, I don't want to drink as much as you guys. So, mm. you know, like, you know, staying on a pedestal or anything. But it's just like Right. I just, you know, I'm actually going to go outside and, and, but you can come like, you know, like if, if you wanted to join. And so that, I think that that is way better um, than trying to preach about like what you're about, you know, it's just, yeah. just do your thing. What an excellent example. Like you don't have to make a declaration. It's just a pivot. It's a turning and you can invite people along with you. It can be really scary to step away from what you've known as your social group and step into another one. Sometimes you might be able to encourage people to come with you. And sometimes you just got to strike out on your own. And that is so okay because you're going to grow from the experience. And it sounds like you grew fantastically from that, that pivot, man. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was definitely a good move. We're all about the moves here. (laughs) Two moves. Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Pun's always intended. Well, all right. How about uh, we wrap this up here? This has been an awesome journey into a little bit where you came from and how it is that other people can uh, can find their community, make these these changes and behaviors to to start to move better and live better, right? Yep. And uh, have you got? Anything that you'd like to share with uh, our listeners just to, to help them find their way to you and uh, some of the things that you're doing? So um, some of the links might be changing, but if you just find me on Instagram, all the links are, are in, in my bio. Um, so on Instagram, it's just at Clayton.moves, um, and you can kind of find what you need to find and navigate through there. Um, but I have a lot of kind of ongoing programs um, that are just available to you if and when you're ready. If, 
you know, ever, <laughs> but um, it, it, I kind of break it into two categories uh, in my mind and hopefully trying to better communicate that um, over time is I can basically help you in two different ways. Like if you want to change how you move and feel in your body um, through mobility training, that's the one main aspect that I help you with. And then the second option is if you're health, fitness, you know, wellness practitioner in any way, um, whether it's you're a physical therapist, a chiropractor, a massage therapist, a meditation teacher, a Pilates teacher, a yoga teacher, a strength coach, a mobility coach, whatever you are, if you're in the industry of trying to help improve people, my goal is to, um, the other arm of my business is to try and help you learn how to do that better on social media. A lot of times people think they just need to spam people with information and education and tutorials, but you could do that till you're blue in the face and people still aren't really going to know who you are and really build that bridge of trust and to be able to want to trust in you enough to, to help change them and help them, you know, improve and work. So that's my goal is to like basically educate, you know, health professionals on like how they can use social media more effectively to build better relationships, build more trust, build better communication skills, um, have, social media be a sustainable approach um, and have it be something you actually enjoy and build really cool connections with. And then, you know, obviously have people, you know, purchase your programs, work with you, et cetera. So that's, that's the two main things. Um, the, the one big thing is the mentorship that I do um, every six months and what, with Jason, that's what you're in right now, whether mm-hmm. you know it or not. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. mm-hmm. <laughs> So I do that every six months. Um, I take on a small group of people who are, again, ready to make that change. Um, and then we we have weekly uh, video check-ins. Um, we have one-on-one sessions each month, um, have a lot of other like forms of accountability and some, some things in there for you. So that's kind of like the, hey, like I'm really ready for this. That's a big one. And then I have smaller programs that are a little bit like, hey, let me dip a toe in the water. Um, so that one is called Instagram Blueprint. And then the other program I'm working on building out uh, as well as kind of like a self-guided one. But um, yeah, these are all just tools on trying to help you help other people, essentially. Wonderful. Could you tell uh, tell us a little bit more, I guess, the, the elevator speech, if you will, for the Make Moves podcast? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, <laughs> great. I like how you use elevator speech, too. That was one of the modules in the, mm. the, the program. <laughs> so um, basically... Just sucking up a little. Don't worry about it. <laughs> on the spot. Um, so basically it, it's what I like to help people with. It's the two arms, like help you move better and then help you better communicate. So it's kind of a, a mashup of, you know, stuff for the individual. So, you know, talking about how to take care of your body with mobility training, different ideas within movement, but also talking about just other things like meditation, mindfulness, um, some other topics that, um, I think will just kind of help you feel better and have a better quality of life. And then the other part of it is to just, talk about using social media um as a tool to you know to have an online business um and and that's really the one thing that i really want people's minds to open up to is that social media can be a great tool to like connect with like the exact people you were meant to connect with you know what i mean like if you're focused on being in person um and just trying to work with people one-on-one or like within your little you know southwestern pennsylvania you know area 20 mile radius you know you're, you're really kind of limited in terms of like who you can help but when you're on the internet when people have access to billions of people um who might have similar interests like i just talked to a guy who lives in india who we read a lot of the same books and he's like awesome like i'll check out that book thank you so much that was in a dm in my phone in my pocket and we made that 
real human connection, you know? So that's the right. crazy thing about all this stuff is that you just have to kind of expand what you think is possible. And like, I don't, I, I'm not one of those people like make $10,000 and what, like, I don't, yeah. n- not that dude. If you want that dude, go find that dude. There's a lot of dudes out there like that, but <laughs> I'm more of like, I want to teach you how to like actually make these connections, impact people and, you know, make enough money to, to check the boxes you want to check. But you know, that's the thing is if you're always trading your time for money, like if you're always like doing a one-on-one or teaching a class or seeing a patient, you have a limited bandwidth, um, you know, to, to make an impact. And mm-hmm. what, what I started to realize is when you can create online resources, videos, tutorials, um, you know, resources, a book, a pocket, something that can help someone and be an extension of you where you don't directly have to be in the room or be there in front of them. Um, then that's, that's where you can actually, you know, and if, if you were one of those like online guru salesy guys, like, you know, scale, that's where you can actually create other resources and, you know, have people benefit from it when you're not directly there or like trading that time. So that's kind of the thing where you can really make a bigger impact, help more people and and be more effective. Like even from a massage therapist standpoint, like there there are a couple soft tissue therapists and the mentorship this round that you know um and Mm -hmm. talking about like okay you can be a body wizard and helping people feel great right after their session but like think of the other things that you could do you could create an online program or a video or a course so like hey here's the stuff to do in between our session that will just help you feel better and not need me as much right so you're basically rewinding back to um the beginning of our conversation of relying on a someone else to fix you as opposed to Mm -hmm. you starting to take some of the initiative like you could be that amazing massage therapist have them feel better kickstart that recovery process but then empower them with tools that they can practice on their own and then really take your your reach of care your arm extending past your your time that you have so that was a long ass tangent, but um, that's oh no, that was great. Those that kinds was, of notions, what I was looking for. <laughs> those kinds of notions are the things that I'll talk about in the the podcast that I'll be doing, and so it'll be part like that, and then part mobility training, part everything else, and basically just interviewing people that I think have a lot of value to offer and share with the world, and just try and you know share those people's stories. Wonderful. Then I think you've got a ton of value to 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 share with the world, and that's why I wanted to share you here. And that's uh, something that we're aiming to do too, just uh, to show more people more ways in which that they can feel more comfortable in their own skin, in their own bodies, mind, body, spirit, you know? Heck yeah, man. And uh, thank you so much for coming and sharing a little bit of just just a small corner of your life, if you will. And like, I'm sure that we could probably bring you back and keep talking about a bunch of other things that climbing stuff. Yeah, let's definitely talk about climbing again because that's good. (laughs) Get more people into climbing is the goal. Indeed. There's a lot of, a lot of high knee stuff there. That mobility, get those hips. (laughs) I heard high knee, but you said high knee. So. (laughs) Excellent. That's the way we'll back out of this one. Sounds good. Perfect. (laughs) Yes, you're welcome. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in and uh, stay tuned for more daily meditations. We'll do different kinds that will maybe land 
for some and, and then a different kind for others. And uh, then you can listen in on some of the special people that we've got lined up. Clayton Weekly, thank you so much for coming. Thanks so much, Jason. It was it was a blast. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks for being with us on Recovery Weekly Podcast. I have been your host, Jason Denham, and I am myself in recovery from alcohol abuse. In recovery, I began physical training, which led to injuries from improper movement. I am also on the mend after experiencing secondary trauma, having worked in a sporadically violent environment for 10 years. I am passionate about helping others to recover as a result. I hold space for recovery and fitness coaching, am a certified Hatha yoga teacher, Matt Pilates instructor, and conduct active isolated stretch or AIS body work that has been beneficial to folks reconnecting with their bodies after injury or trauma. For more information on services and how to get in touch, visit www.gratefulmoves.com. That's G-R-8-F-U-L-M-O-V-E-S. Give me a follow on Instagram and check out some free or for purchase offerings on vimeo.com forward slash grateful moves.